Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's AT&T. Byron Nelson. Anything you want for the next hour, whatever you want to do. Ownership, questions and answer, one and done. You want to talk about the PGA Championship? I don't care. It's your time. It's not my time. It's your time. So go ahead, drop your questions in the chat right now. I will try to get through as many as possible the way this usually works. I'm a little more long-winded at the beginning. Then I try to pick up the pace, and I ans- I've already answered a lot of the questions by the time I get to the middle, and then we wrap up, and I usually get through most of them. So uh, that is my goal again for today. While you're here, Hit the like button, costs you $0, helps me in a big way. And know that this live chat is brought to you by Jock Market. It is stock market DFS. It is completely different than um, any other fantasy option that's out there. It's a lot of fun. You can play it before and during the the tournament each week. I think they're going to go gangbusters on the PGA Championship. It's growing every single week. We'll talk more about them in just a little bit, but know that there is another live chat tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel for the Jock Market Power Hour. Let's jump into questions. What I mean, what else are we going to do? Let's jump into questions. Brian says, with short par fives and gettable par fours, soft conditions combined with zoysia grass, and I think he spelled zoysia correctly, maybe. Congratulations. Maybe congrats. To make up and downs pretty simple, should we really expect only bombers at the top or could we see a mixed bag? Uh, There is never, so first of all, good question, Brian, and you left this two hours ago, so good on you for being early. The there, There is never one thing right? There is, even if a course is like, we're going to see at Kiwa Island, the longest course in major championship history next week, there's probably going to be short hitters near the top when things are said and done. Uh, now how they get there is much more narrow. So when, when I say things like who do I think is going to find success? I think those are the widest paths to success. If this is a 8,000 yard course and you hit it, you know, your 200th on tour and driving distance, you better do everything else, right? You better hit your long irons. Well, you better putt. Well, you better be able to get up and down for par. That's just a much more narrow pathway. If you're Bryson DeChambeau, you have a huge pathway to get to the top of the leaderboard because you're going to be out there further than everybody. You're probably going to be able to find your ball without much trouble. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. There are literally going to be names of guys that don't fit the model at the top of the board. It's going to happen every single week. Now, to answer your question, I'm starting to, uh, and actually, I think I have a question. I'm gonna say I'm gonna save that answer for later, Brian. So there's a question coming up, uh, but no, it's certainly gonna be a mixed bag. Hank Hill says, "Do you believe that certain golfers are better on Texas courses, or is that just a narrative?" I know some people dominate or really struggle on Florida courses, so I'm 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 curious if Texas is similar. So first off, um, anytime you get any course or region, there is going to be some built-in comfort level, right? Whether you grew up on those courses, grew up on those greens. Now, a couple of things with Texas that is a little bit different than Florida. Texas is huge, right? It's a huge state. Not all of the regions play this. If you grew up in Northern Texas, uh, as opposed to someone who grew up on the Southern border, that's that's different golf. It, it's just different. So uh, there's certainly not going to be a blanket. And also there are a lot of golfers from Texas. So you hear this narrative a lot. You can dive into the numbers. I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, we don't have a ton of history, but like uh, wh- what's in Texas? So Valero, right? We've got uh, Houston. We've got, so I'm just trying to click these uh, off the top of my head. So I'm just giving you an example here. So what we could do is we could go through the Holy Grail. That's what I'm showing right now. All the tools that you see available on rickrungood.com. I, I just threw in the Houston Open, uh, Texas Open. What am I missing? Byron, I guess I guess I'm missing this event. 
Byron Nelson, uh, which I can't spell correctly. So let's do this. So this is the last six years of those events. Um, Jason Day has eight rounds. He's gaining over three strokes per round. DJ, 2.6. Brooks, 2.3. Where's my first Texas guy? Uh, I don't know. Do I see one? Where's Jimmy Walker from? Is he a Texas guy? So you can go into the Holy Grail. You can throw this up and, and see if there are any uh, any any trends. But I, I believe generally that narrative is is overrated. In terms of Euro players with missing data, I tried finding similar players to ask about. Would Kevin Na, okay, who you are equating to John Catlin or Hovland, who you are equating to Rosner, would be a good course fit? So uh, Antoine Rosner, I think, would be thrilled to be compared to Victor Hovland, uh, as would most guys. Victor Hovland is like a top 10 ball striker on the planet, maybe maybe better than that. Uh, so to answer that side of the question, good ball strikers – play well everywhere. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm actually probably just going to go down to this next question because I think this is going to really, uh, help out with, with, with how I'm describing this. So Frankie asks, now that you're leaning more towards strokes, gain approach and putting, how would you change your weight? So this is not necessarily hundred percent true. So early in the week on Monday, when I recorded on Monday, I was looking at the course and I was doing the whole flyover thing. And I'm like, you're, you're it's, it's going to be a bomber's paradise. Just bomb it out there. Go find it. Then you start thinking, well, if no one gets into trouble off the tee, then is there really an advantage for being for being long? Sure, but for being accurate off the tee, what what's the advantage if everyone's going to be able to find their ball and the rough's not penal and there's no detriment to to missing the fairway? Uh, so then I was thinking, okay, maybe this turns into a, a, an approach contest, right? Everybody everybody's going to find their tee shot. Longer is better, but everybody else is going to find their tee shot, and now it turns into an approach game. Well, now that's a different kind of skill set. It's a different type of people. Uh, and then I think I, I'm not weighing strokes and putting all that heavily, but I think the idea of that comes around that, that this is going to be a birdie fest, right? Without, without any wins, I don't see very much defense on this course. It is, you know, I'm not going to take the time to go over the flyovers again, but I mean, it is, it looks about as gettable as, as you can imagine. I think the, I think these guys are going to scorch it. So to answer your question, Frankie, the way that I would adjust this, uh, the model is I would probably not weigh strokes gained off the tee as much, I would probably tick that down, tick up distance because the, I think the guys who are the biggest beneficiaries are the guys that are super long, but inaccurate. And normally they're in trouble off the tee, but this week, I don't think they will be. Um, Wyndham Clark is probably a really good example of this. I think he's one of the top 20 longest hitters on tour, maybe even top 10. And he's like 200th in accuracy. That might be good. So what I think I want is, is distance approach and a little bit of putting would probably be the way that I would adjust that. Uh, let me go back here. Adolescent Yoda says, Hey Rick, what's been missing in James, James Hans game lately? Oof, probably everything. Let me clear this out and we'll go check on James Han. I've not considered, um, what Han has been up to. So let's see. Well, I see a golfer that has lost strokes on approach in two straight. We don't have his Zurich classic numbers, but he missed the cut there with his partner. We don't have, why don't we have his Honda Classic numbers? Did he withdraw before the Honda Classic? Because we do have numbers for that event. I don't know why they're not coming in. I might have to check with the PGA Tour on that. Um, I, I just see a golfer that's struggling in terms of ball striking, which is unfortunate because when things go better, that's usually how he finds success. Uh, he's missed four cuts in a row. He's missed six of his last nine. I don't see many breadcrumbs there towards success, adolescent Yoda. 
Tom wants to know, hey, Rick, do you have any intel on how Kepka's knee injury is progressing? No. I imagine that if uh, he's playing this week, he's feeling good enough to play. I don't think that he would necessarily risk further injury just for a tune-up before the PGA Championship. I think if he was really hurting and he wanted to play the PGA Championship, he would just show up there like he did at the Masters, right? So um, I would believe that uh, Kepka is healthy enough to play. And James Hahn withdrew during the first round of the Honda. That That is why the numbers don't come in, which is good because I thought I had an issue with my database, but I do not. Any thoughts on Pat Perez? Uh, well, we're, we are out of the gate with a couple of questions of guys that I would not have even considered this week. So let's go look at Pat Perez. That's that's why we do this, right? We, we spend the time talking about guys that we have not talked about uh, thus far. And here's Pat Perez. Back-to-back, oh, I guess back-to-back-to-back, top 30 finishes, 21st with his partner at Zurich, 29th at the Valspar, 26th at the Wells Fargo. That's a bit surprising. Uh, Concerns for me would be the six strokes that he gained around the green at the Wells Fargo Championship. That is his single best around the green week that I have on file. That goes back to 2015 for Pat Perez. Also notably, his his two best around the green weeks have both come at Quail Hollow, at the Wells Fargo Championship, um, which I guess, well, maybe 19 was at uh, Eagle Point, right? No, that was that was 2017. So uh, Quail Hollow is certainly a place that he likes to get up and down. So that would be a concern for me that that's going to come back down to Earth Milton. And then I look at the week before that where he finished 29th at the Valspar and he gained 4.9 strokes putting. And that is probably his 15th best event ever. Uh, so I would say barring some type of ceiling week in his short game, Pat Perez is probably not going to get very far this week. Can we get a look at the scatter plot with the four quadrants? Come on, man. If you're going to make requests, Milton, you got to know the name. You got to know the name of this tool. It is called, uh, it is on the trends tool and it is called breakout candidates. And I'll pull that up for you. Right. Now, so if you've never seen this before, you should check this out. I should show this on the DFS preview. Um, It is a very handy tool. So what we have here is four different quadrants. It looks at long-term versus short-term form in regards to ball striking and in regards to putting. And ideally, you want golfers that are hitting the ball significantly above their tee to green metric, their tee to green baseline, which would be... um, uh, you know, they're just, they're just striking it well. And then could, because that tends to stay week over week. And then guys that are, uh, putting it below their expectation. Well, wouldn't you know, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick, who is breaking the mold here would be like the top guy. I love Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's awesome. Jordan Spieth on the, on the right side, Cam Champ, Keith Mitchell, Doug Gim, Nate Lashley, all on the right side guys on the wrong side, Harry Higgs, Aaron Baddeley. Rob Oppenheim, Sung Kang, Michael Kim, KJ Choi, they're on the wrong side of it. You want to be up here, up upper left with, with uh, green on, on green. That is what you want to see. Okay, next question. Is there a stat that exists that ranks course difficulty? Um, well, yes. Um, I mean, for handicap purposes, for like real, it would be your, it would be your slope rating or your course rating and your slope. So every course has this. You can you can look it up. The only issue, Cole, which is where I think you're headed, is you usually don't get a slope and a rating for the the places that the PGA Tour plays from, right? Like if you went to 
uh, and Kia was probably a bad example because, um, or, or TPC Craig Ranch. I, actually, TPC Craig Ranch is probably a really good example because the TPC network, uh, they usually do list the tournament slope and rating on the scorecard and on the website and all that stuff. Now, the problem would be if you go to, let's just say Kiowa next week, right? Kiowa is a public course. You could you could go pay probably 500 bucks and play the ocean course. Uh, but where you play it from and where the ro- rating and the slope are, are not going to be where the, play, the, the tour guys play it from. And you're not going to play it on greens uh, nearly as fast and rough nearly as long. So it's not really a, an apples to apples comparison. Uh, so I guess if you're trying to compare course difficulty for PGA tour courses, um, I mean, I guess you could look at the winning score, but that's not great either because you don't know about the weather or anything like that. So yes and no, I guess is kind of the answer there. This week has a feel of an alternate tourney during a major. No, John, the Byron Nelson just got the best field it's ever like ever gotten. This is not. No, you're crazy. It's going to be a good week. Rick, I'm desperate. Need to make up ground in one and done. Would you go with Scheffler or Fitzpatrick? If you have to make up ground, the only option is Fitzpatrick. Scotty Scheffler, um, not only uh, clocking in to be one of the most popular DFS picks of the week, but also one of the most popular one and done picks of the week. I have him at 19% ownership. I actually have Matt Fitzpatrick a little bit more than that, but I, I think in a one and done, if you are making up ground, the answer is Fitzpatrick. I'm just, I mean, it's different in, in DFS because their pricing is so different. Uh is going to be popular this week. If this course is a birdie fest, some people suggest, well, sorry, I misread that Clinton. If this course is a birdie fest, like some people suggest, does that mean you should flex seal your lineup with Sebastian Munoz? Let's look. Um, you know, Munoz has been, <laughs> I like the idea that you, uh, you flex sealed this. So here's Munoz. Uh, we know he can get hot, right? I think, I think he, he opened up the Northern trust with like eight or nine birdies in a row. Uh, we know that he can get scorching. We haven't seen it as, as recently, Missed the cut at the Wells Fargo, missed the cut at the RBC Heritage, hasn't played particularly well outside of his top 10 at the Valero in quite some time. The end of 2020 was much better, and you can see the metrics. He was gaining on approach nearly every single week, not seeing anything close to that this week. So Clinton, uh, while he does have that in him, the metrics uh, do not shine a positive light on my homie, uh, Seb Munoz, this week. If there is such a thing, who is the smartest fade for this week? Ooh, an opportunity to look silly, Brian. Thank you very much. This will be clipped over the course of the next week when things go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, So I believe probably the smartest fade is Ryan Palmer. Now, I have Ryan Palmer projecting about 19% ownership at 91 hundred dollars. He is, uh, what I believe to be the fifth highest owned golfer on the slate. Um, now if you, if you follow along, you know, I love Ryan Palmer. I I think he is great. And that is part of the fate of this. It's kind of what we did with Max Homa last week, at the Wells Fargo championship. I don't need to play Ryan Palmer at a place that everyone is playing Ryan Palmer and that he has the course record and that he's 9,100. If you go to the value matrix tool on rickrungood.com, which is, uh, well, where did I just open it up? Let me find this here. Uh, it is a free tool, by the way. So highly encourage you to check it out. Did I click the wrong thing? Oh, I opened up. I opened up Jock Market twice. Here we go. Free tools, value matrix. So this is a tool that is absolutely free, and you can go to see Ryan Palmer and look at what he has done when he has been this expensive. And it's 
it's not often that he's over $9,000. So I'll change the date range to be nine or the price range to be 9,000. He's only been $9,000 or more twice in the last like four years, 9,200 at both the Sony open and the waste management. He returned fine value eight and nine times value, but I don't need to be on the full on like this is, this is ceiling Ryan Palmer price. I don't need to be involved in that at 20% ownership. So I think he's probably the smartest fit and he could have a good week, but I think that's the smartest fit. Uh, real quick, while I mentioned jock market, uh, again, this, this is, they are the sponsor of the show. I think of them more of a, a partner here. This is uh jock, uh, stock market DFS. You are going to be able to bid on golfers tonight in the IPO phase until 9 PM Eastern time. You can bid on golfers. That's Wednesday night. Then when the when when that phase is over tonight, you're allocated shares of golfers that that fluctuate over the course of the event. Uh, so you can buy and sell. Like if you would have bought shares of Roy McElroy after the first round last week, you would have been in really good shape, especially considering he had the full $25 payout last week. So he closed IPO at $9. You probably could have bought shares of him for much less than that on Thursday. And he went off and won the golf tournament for $25 a share. And I know what someone's thinking, but Rick, he was 20 to one. Shouldn't I have just bet him outright? Sure. But what happens if you bet Abraham answer outright who finished uh, second and got you no money in the outright market, but paid you a ton per share in the jock market. It's just different. You get paid on each position, not only one position. That means you can make money with golfers who finish 27th. Could you, could you bet someone finished inside the top 27 at your favorite book? Maybe, but it's kind of different. So uh, highly encourage you to, to join the markets are getting much more liquid. I enjoy it a, a, a ton. There is a deposit bonus you can use. It's called Rick 20. That will get you a, a $20 deposit bonus. And we're going to give away $100 in jock bucks tonight on the show. So certainly join us for that. Evan, welcome back, says, will last week actually keep ownership off Zalatoris or have people collectively, collectively realize the miscut is an automatic bad, isn't an automatic bad sign? Yeah, the latter there. So I actually have Zalatoris projected to be the most uh, owned golfer on this slate, 21%. Not only is he awesome and do people love him, we are starting to, every you know, even the general public is starting to realize that... Um, miscuts don't matter. And also he gets the Texas narrative. So there is just a lot of things headed back in Zalatoris's favor. I believe him to be very popular for this week. Brant says, Hey Rick, are you a truck guy? And if so, which brand would you get for yourself? First of all, thank you for even thinking I might be a truck guy. I am um, probably not. I'm probably the furthest from a truck guy. I have no use for a truck. I have no desire to uh, own a truck. I drive an electric car. Like, probably I couldn't even name you a truck. I'm uh, not handy. I'm not a manly man. Uh, I like my comfort. I don't think I live that, that truck life. Sorry, Brad. I don't know. I hope you enjoy. Uh, it's a weird week for outright says Tyler. There are so many names in that 50 to 80 range, but one that keeps sticking out is Westwood. I'm seeing 80 to one when he would have been a third of that six weeks ago. So I do certainly agree that the market. um, fluctuated quickly or didn't adjust fast enough or whatever on Lee Westwood when he was going, what he went runner up, runner up two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm not sure this is the best, best spot for him, but I do agree with you about a couple of things. The the number on Westwood is probably a hair too long. He should probably be 50 or 60. And also um, he's not that far removed from a lot of success. And then finally I had one other point about Lee Westwood. I don't remember. 
Sorry. If I think of it, Tyler, I'll mention it. Hey, Rick, tough, cor- tough this week with no course history. Thoughts on uh, deep dives for McCumber and Schwartzel. McCumber just withdrew, so no need for that. And you certainly should not play him. And there is another question right below about Charles. Charles is how he pronounces it. Schwartzel, which is hard to say, laying the blueprint. So we can deep dive on uh, Schwartzel here because that'll knock out two questions at the same time. Here we go. Schwartzel. All right. A lot of good stuff from Schwartzel. And this does not even include his runner up finish at the Zurich classic with Louie, where they went to a playoff. Right. Um, so gaining strokes on approach in three in a row and four of five great sign, because that's not something that he has done since essentially a year ago, last summer, 20, the summer of 2020 was the last time he gained strokes on approach in that many events in a row. Still very much worried about this category, the putting category where he has uh, lost strokes in essentially seven of his last eight, eight of his last nine, something like that. Uh, the good news is for, for you Schwartzel backers is if there was one category that I would prefer to look like this it's it's putting it's 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 this one um the approach stuff and the off the tee keeps me very optimistic so yes certainly bullish on schwartzel let's call it like a seven out of ten something like that biggie balls wants to know tpc craig ranch who is craig um i don't know but he's got his own does he have his own ranch Craig Ranch? Is this place on a ranch? It probably is. It's in Texas. I really don't know. Part of the TPC network. What do I know about the TPC network? Uh, there's a lot of them. Sawgrass, Scottsdale, Summerlin, ones that we don't even know about. Denzante Bay, I think, is in Mexico. Uh, they have spots for tour pros who they have parking spots dedicated to them. They have spots on the range dedicated to them. It's a real good gig if you're a tour pro and you get to be a member of these courses. Can you take a look at Josh Teeter asks... Ryan Fitzgerald. Sure. Ryan Fitzgerald, Josh Teeter. Uh, if off the top of my head, he has not played a lot and he has split time on the corn ferry. So I don't know how much data I'm going to have on him here yet. Like very, very little. So, uh, going back to the start of 2021, he's only played five PGA tour events Made the cut in all of them. I'll give him that. But the last three, we don't have data on. Puerto Rico Open, Punta Cana, and then the Zurich. Uh, now, he's played on the Corn Ferry as well, and he's played better there. I would argue he has been solid. Uh, wh- and what I mean by that is when I was doing a deeper dive into the field earlier, he was basically a, a zero, like like an average PGA Tour pro, if you started looking at the metrics. And being an average PGA tour pro for $6,600 is really valuable. So I don't know what his upside is, Ryan. Uh, it's probably pretty capped, but if you're looking for someone to hopefully make the cut, if you are looking for someone to, uh, you know, maybe get you a T 26, that would be, that would be, I think the outcome for Josh Teeter, that would be most, um, most desirable and most, most reasonable. How important is strokes gained approach? model weights regarding good and bad weather. So strokes gained approach is almost always the most important stat. Uh, doesn't matter where it doesn't matter when doesn't matter. The weather doesn't matter. Anything stroke, gain, strokes gained approach is almost always the most important metric. There was, there is something interesting about good and bad weather. So 
but not in regards to strokes gain approach. Sorry. The there, it was wet there uh, yesterday on Tuesday. I think they got a bunch of rain. They canceled some type of event. Uh, it looks, it looks dry, more dry on Wednesday. I don't think they got rain, but it, it was cloudy. So it probably didn't dry all that well. If you look at the forecast for the rest of the week, Thursday and Friday looking pretty good in terms of, uh, in terms of weather. And then Saturday afternoon ish. Now nah, I guess Saturday evening into Sunday starts to get a bit wet. Now, the PGA tour loves to do preferred lies. I don't think we'll see it on Thursday, but there's a chance we get it at some point in this week, which in that case, if they ever go to preferred lies, accuracy off the tee will be more important because if you're in the fairway, you can pick up your ball, you can clean it off and you can place it. So, um, obviously it's going to be hard to tell, but maybe for showdown stuff, maybe for jock market, maybe for making bets later in the week, that is something to keep an eye on because, uh, if these guys get preferred lies, it's going to change the game. What up, Rick? Uh, says Civic Boy. Thoughts on Chris Baker, the birdie maker for DFS at min price. He actually came up on, uh, I believe it was the first cut podcast that I that I host. We had, obviously, Greg and C on, who joined me every single Monday to break this down. And Chris Baker actually was part of the discussion. So let's pull him up. So here's Baker. Uh, again, not many events since the start of 2021. I have him for seven. And of course, the last three, I don't have data on. And he missed the cut in like five of them. The good news is he's a pretty good ball striker. A uh, lot of off the tee stuff, a lot of approach. The putter's terrible. Now, we don't know what he did at Punta Cano, Puerto Rico, and we don't know what he did at the Zurich, but he did make the cut. Um, I would say this, you could do much worse than the than than him in the 6K range. In fact, I haven't even really showed you the um, the, the cheat sheet yet, which actually a little spoiler alert, this, there's a little hidden button right here. Oh, I see that little hover. Watch this. Boom. Takes you to the cheat sheet that I use for the first cut. It's much bigger. It's easier to read when I do video. So, uh, if you go down to the six K range, here's Chris Baker and I would prefer him over all of these other guys. Now, I'm not sure that's saying much. They're all min priced for a reason, but I think you could do much worse. The problem with that is there's no way to get out of that tab without going back. So a uh, little secret you guys just learned. Thanks for being on. Is Harry Higgs the secret Dallas guy? No one has mentioned he went to SMU, right? He did that. I mean, there's so many Dallas or so many Texas guys in the field. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's likely we're going to get Texas guys in the top 10, but it's like just because there's so many of them. And a lot of them are good at golf and like some of the favorites are from Texas. So I'm, I'm not buying that too much. Hey Rick, any thoughts on playing Kang? I know he's the defending champion, but that doesn't hold any weight considering it's, it's, uh, oh, sorry. I was going a different direction here considering how he's been playing, but he is a member here and has course knowledge. Yes. He also did not win here. That is also an important note because it's the first time that Craig Ranch is being played on the PGA Tour. No, I think you're right that it's pretty ugly for for Kang. Now, the other thing is um, I'm not as bullish on guys who are members places. I mean, look like, okay, so here's, here's the issues with Sun Kang. He has lost strokes off the tee basically every event for a year. Um, he has lost strokes on approach for most of the events in the last year. He has lost strokes around the green in most of the events for the last year. He has lost strokes total almost every event. It's just, I, I don't think that 
it doesn't matter how you're hitting it. If you show up anywhere, whether you know it or not, hitting it like this, you're in big trouble. That's my take. I also think that a lot of these guys that are members at places, and someone told us this about Colonial. It wasn't Palmer. It was somebody. But they were like, listen, I play this course all the time with no grandstands, no fans, different conditions. When I show up tournament week, it looks completely different to me. That could be a detriment at times. So I, I don't necessarily buy that narrative and the the form that Sun Kang is showing, there is zero indication he will play well this week. If he does, more power to him. There is zero indication that's going to happen. Jay-Z wants to know. Actually, let me let me say. Jay-Z, it says, Jay-Z be thinking about Will Z. A couple of Zs thinking about each other. Feels like this could be a great bounce back opportunity. You feeling the Will wave? Thank you, Jay-Z. Thank you for stopping by. Appreciate the support. Love your work. I'm always going to feel the will wave. I'm a huge advocate for the kid. It doesn't matter what course he plays. It doesn't matter. It's just, he's unbelievable. He is really doing incredible stuff right now. Just a matter of time before he wins. Will Z or Scotty S uh, probably still has to be Scotty S, right? I mean, listen, neither of them have won on the PGA Tour. Scotty's a bit more seasoned. If you start looking at what these guys have done uh, recently, Scotty's been phenomenal. I can show you. Let's pull up the key stats. If you scroll down on the key stats, you can sort by any number of rounds that you want. And you start looking at what Scotty Scheffler has done in his last 24. He's gaining in every single strokes gain category. He's like sixth in this field in strokes gain total. He is making almost more birdies than anybody. He's driving it far. He's just doing everything. So as much as I love Willie Z, uh, the way Scotty S is playing is unbelievable. And I meant to show you this on the screen. This is it. So I'll leave that up while you can look at that. Brandon Stone wants to know who wins this week. Well, if I knew that for sure, um, I would have, I guess I would have bet it and then told you, but I wouldn't tell you before I bet it. I, I think, so I, I'm, you know, I go on CBS sports and I do a lot of like, oh, pick to win stuff. I, I think Scotty Scheffler is probably the best convergence of value, odds, and skill set for a lot of the reasons that I just mentioned. I also think that, um, like Bryson might just might just destroy this course. And I also think that there's not enough talk about Spieth, right? Because if you're talking about, like, remember when I said at the top of the show, inaccurate drivers who are great with their irons is, is potentially the path to victory here. That's Spieth. Like, that is literally him. So, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. I wish I did. Who are the regression candidates looking like this week? I need to know if Doug Gim is primed to make at least a single putt at minimum. Probably not. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's such a bad putter. We can go back to that trends tool. We can go to the breakout candidates and we can look for, so like, like I guess bad regression would be these guys up here who are hitting it well, but putting over expectation. Leishman, unfortunately, who I'm actually a pretty big fan of this week. Sam Burns, unfortunately. John Rahm's on the wrong side of it. Uh, Kucher, Vijegas, Hideki, they're on the wrong side of this. Regression likely coming for them, um, which is a bit of a concern. Bernie says... Hi, Bernie. First of all, Bernie drops in with a super chat. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. How does your model shake out if we shift weight from off the tee to driving distance? Also, would you consider going 100% weight on strokes gain wind? And you put a bunch of laughing emojis. So I'm assuming you know that I would not do that. So, uh, all right, Bernie, here we go. So let's do a quick model. I'm going to try to go more recent and I'm going to try to go with 24 rounds. Um, now if we shift from off the tee to driving distance, so let's do the, the different type of model that I did on Monday. So let's do this. Let's say driving distance is 
is important. Let's call it 35. Then let's say everybody's going to be able to find their ball. Now it turns into a, an approach contest. Let's go 30 there. And then let's say you got to make a lot of birdies. So I'm going to put only 10 on putting and I'm going to ramp up the birdie or better to 25. Let's look at this. That gives us, oh boy, Brooks Kepka number one. Brooksy number one. By a pretty pretty big gap, 95. 92 is Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Daniel Berger. I'll tell you what, guys. The, the longer we go in the week, this feels like the model. I just, you know, I just really think this might be the model. If everybody can find their ball, right? Like it's like, it's like if if the if the playing field gets leveled for people who are accurate off the tee and it's no longer that important. Shouldn't we look at a different skill set to find the difference makers? Um, this is starting to feel a lot like a lot like the model. So there you go, Bernie. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat. I really do appreciate it. Let me find my spots again. Oh boy, I found my spot. Okay, I'm getting closer. Who wins this week? Who are the regression candidates? Okay, looking for a low owned one and done. Fitzpatrick, Sergio, Will Z, Scheffler, Berger needs to make up some ground. Not Scheffler, he'll be very popular. Fitzpatrick might be popular as well. Sergio would probably be low owned, but I don't think he's your low owned slash best option here. Berger, right? We just ran a model that showed Berger and um, has winning upside, and a lot of people probably already used him. I feel like a sax solo. <laughs> At the start of the Rick Run Good opening music would be awesome from me or just like in general. Uh, I am open to so so I also had an email that was like, hey, um like I could, you know, help you redo your your music or whatever. It's like not something I put too much thought into. If someone wants to redo it or like send me some samples or whatever, my email's open. Who are the highest projected owned golfers? So we'll go back to the cheat sheet here on rickrungood.com. I just updated this about I don't know, three hours ago. I have Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick, Burger, Speeth, and Palmer and Scheffler, all the, the six guys over nine, nine, um, 19%. Those are them. Fowler orange shirt today going heavy on him. No, Mark, I am not. I'm just wearing my orange. Uh, cause I played golf this morning, 18 holes, 90 minutes. That is how golf should be played. Spieth or Bryson is top guy in a DFS lineup. Well, I, I suppose Spieth offers you a bit of reprieve in terms of salary, right? He's going to be, $500 cheaper. And if we believe this, so I think these are the two buckets, right? If we believe it's a bomber's paradise and, um, and nothing else matters, it's Bryson's game. If, if we think it's speed, uh, or if we think it's the second bucket bucket, it's speed. Let me, let me also throw this out at you guys. Cause I don't think I mentioned this on Monday cause I didn't really discover it until later. Just think about all the things that Bryson went through last week. Um, he lost five strokes on approach. One of his worst approach weeks ever. He played the uh, par fives at even par, which the last time he did that 111 starts ago, he usually dominates the par fives playing them. Even par is terrible. Um, he made a triple bogey on the easiest hole on the course on Friday. And he also flew home because he thought he missed the cut and had to fly back Saturday morning, play his third round on almost no sleep and darn near shot the round of the day. All of that terrible stuff going on. He finished ninth. Is that his floor? Is that his new floor? Like, it's really crazy what he's able to do. Um, but I think we're just in a two-bucket conversation to answer your question there. Is Peters capable of going low enough to win an event like this? Uh, interesting. I mean, a lot of those European tour events turn into shootouts. 
you know, the one that was last week was like 27 under par. So I would say, yeah, I think he's capable of it. How easy do you think the course will be? And what do you think the cut line will be? Well, I think the, like the most recent cut line that was super low was Shriners. That was like six under, I think, which seven under maybe, which is absolutely bonkers. I think it's going to be easy. I, I think that the cut will be, I, I'm so bad at this, three under. I don't know. I think it's going to be easy. I think 21 or 22 under par wins this thing. Which Vegas area course do you like better, Rio Seca or Cascada? I haven't played either of those, but now I've got two more suggestions, so I will go check those out. Thank you very much, Colin. Shirt color coordinated with the lights. This ain't no hobby, Travis. Come on. Best chance to win the Byron Nelson, Sergio or Cam Champ? Probably Sergio. I get the Champ Bomber stuff. He hasn't been all that good. Otherwise, I'm not a huge believer in his game. Sergio's won this twice, usually much better from T to green, if he, even if he hasn't played well recently. I don't think either of them are going to win, but I, I think maybe Sergio as opposed to Bryson. Ethan says, Rick run goat. Ooh, I like that. Baby, what's up? How we doing, brother? What are the chances Bryson whips out the Kraken this week without a lot of danger off the tee? Hitting at 200 mile an hour ball speed. Yeah. Completely agree. There's like, there's an outcome where Bryson wins this by five shots, right? The, the outcome is he's awesome off the tee like he normally is. And he doesn't get into any trouble. He gains uh, any number of strokes on approach, which is again, he lost the, he was, he is the guy who has lost more strokes on approach and still finished inside the top 10 than anyone in my database. So if he gains anything close to zero or more, this thing might be over. It might be over. The math is really in Bryson's favor. I got to admit. <clears throat> Scheffler was right below Bryson in your projections, which surprised you. Is he a good, is he a guy you're targeting this week because of that? For sure. There are, uh, uh you know, a lot of similarities between the metrics of, of Bryson and Scotty Scheffler. It is not, um, you know, not distance and not off the tee, but they're, they're making a ton of birdies. Uh, Scheffler's hitting it further than you would probably think. I've answered a couple of these already, so I'm going to keep going. Lots of questions about Zalatoris. I am not scared at all about Zalatoris. He has missed one cut like that I can remember, and he's got more top tens than I can count, and they're all at different courses, and the kid's a stud, and it's wide open. I, I, there's a million questions about Zalatoris. It's He's awesome. Did the qualifiers play on TPC Craig Ranch on Monday or somewhere else? Uh, they play somewhere else. I don't think the Monday qualifiers are ever at the same course. They're always somewhere else. <clears throat> uh, Ricky Two Times says Adam Goldberg, creator of the Goldbergs. How, how did you shoot this morning? Do you keep stats on your personal rounds? I do. I keep uh, fairways, greens in regulation, and number of putts, and I put them into my handicap. I... I had to skip a hole this morning because uh, I went off at 6.25 a.m. and in an attempt to play as quickly as possible, and I played in 90 minutes, and I had to skip. Well, it wasn't one hole. On number 10, I teed off, and there was like nine maintenance guys on the green, and they did not see me, and they did not really care about seeing me, and I was like, I'm not even going to bother these guys. I can see that the whole rest of the course is wide open, so I skipped ahead. So I didn't keep score because I was – because I did that, but I, I I hit it really well. Oh my God. I, I parred like, I probably parred the first five holes. Uh, I hit it. I, sh I struck it pretty well. If I had to guess like in, I don't know, 81, something like that. Hey Rick, any love for Brant Snedeker this week? Not particularly. I'm looking at putting. What time frame should I look at last three months or six months or more? I guess it depends, right? Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
Putting an incredibly volatile stat. So if you're looking for just like historically good putters, I like to kind of look for guys that um, can pop. I'm trying to think of who that would be. I showed one on the first cut. Gosh, I wish I knew who it was. Was it Wyndham Clark? Let me see if I can find this real quick. Might have been Wyndham. Yeah, okay. So this is... This is um, this is what I like. So Wyndham Clark has the ability to make a lot of putts, right? He can lose six strokes putting. He can lose three. He can lose eight, but he can also gain four. He can also gain five. This is There are some guys who are just constant losers. I prefer my, my putters uh, to come with this built-in volatility. Matthew says, everyone should hit the like button for this great, consistent content. That is like I planted that question or that, that comment. I did not. Matthew, thank you very much. Timmy wants to know, has Rom been more inconsistent since he changed clubs? Well, we have the ability to see that because he changed clubs at the new year, right? That would have been when he switched to Callaway. I'm sure it was at the end of the year and he switched. So let's see. Looks pretty good to me. Looks pretty similar to me. Um, No, I mean, he has gained. So he has gained strokes, ball striking uh, every event since August. And about half of them would have been with his old sticks. And half of them would have been with his new sticks. Uh, no, looks good to me. The putter's gotten worse, right? Putter's gotten a little bit worse. But maybe that new, uh, he's using that, I think he's using that two ball now. That white hot. How much are you weighing course history this week? Scheffler and Zal Torres looking like they have the most. Zero percent. If they saw it on the corn ferry or if they saw it as a member of the public or they played it, like it's going to be different. I don't care. They were like, 12 years old. Some like Scheffler's like, Oh, I played this when I was 12 years old. I don't care. doesn't matter. I'm more worried about just what they do in the practice rounds this week. Hey Rick, hope you're having a great week after that Rory pick. I am. Thank you. That was, that was fun. Uh, my model kept giving me Seamus power. That scares me thoughts. I actually had Seamus in my core last week, so I certainly cannot uh, fault you for that. He's playing well on both tours. He made the cut. He was a little weak on uh, the weekends, although I think he shot under par at quail hollow on Sunday. I, I think he's playing well across both tours. I do not mind that one bit. Hey, Rick, thanks for doing this. Someone you haven't probably been asked about lately, Martin Laird. That is true. Let's look at it. Have not considered Laird even after that win at the Shriners. So let's look at this. So Laird has missed his last two cuts. Zurich, that was a team event. Valspar lost two strokes putting. The putter's been pretty horrible, actually. Um, The putter's been bad. The approach game, this is weird. He was great at the Masters. Outside of that, since his win, he's been poor. I mean, he's just been bad. But that's not, that's kind of what he's been. I mean, his his week where he won at the Shriners was like, uh, you know, everything coming together for him. He was awesome on approach. He gained in every single category. Remember, he had a plugged lie like on, I don't know, 13 or 14 or whatever on Sunday. He was staring double in the face. He, he chipped out and made made birdie. I mean, everything went his way. Um I just I have little desire in in investing my money in Martin Laird. James Hahn finished second here in 2012. Uh, again, I don't I don't particularly care about that. Russell Henley was sixth. Luke List thirteenth. Um, nine years ago, I don't I don't particularly care. Smash the like button. Last week, woof, woof, I can't read that. Last week, Wise proved his validity for being chalk. What are thoughts on Wise this week? He's grading out 12th in my model. Well, I guess this would give him, does this give him three good weeks in a row? Let's take a peek. 
Oh no, sorry. I was thinking I might have been thinking about somebody else. So uh he hasn't played much, right? Honda Classic was four start to go 13th, Valero 44th, and then ninth at the Wells Fargo. Uh he's been he's been great off the tee. That's good. That's good news. He's been pretty good with the approach games and the look at the putter. I mean, he's just this is what he's gonna have to do, right? This is the Keegan Bradley model. Putt to almost a zero and finish inside the top ten. Uh, of of uh Someone who likes team no putt, Aaron Wise, would certainly fit on that category. If there was a course for Ricky to get back on track, wouldn't this be one? No. I mean, there's just, when Ricky's back on track, there's not going to be a bad course for him, right? That's kind of what it's what it's been like. Um, he, he has too much going wrong. One week, it's the driver. The next week, it's the putter. The week after that, it's the irons. It's the short game. It's just, I don't think it's a course that's going to get Ricky right. I think it is time and practice and repetitions that is going to get Ricky right. If I'm in 20th, Ooh, mama out of 3,500, my one and done, what strategy would you suggest moving forward? Chalk it up, chalk it up. Look at the top three, four favorites every single week. Uh, pick one of them and ideally pick the one that the people above you have already used. Um, but you should probably not be going that far off the board and understand that, you know, if you pick the third or fourth favorite, the margin difference between how often that person is going to win the golf tournament and the, and the actual favorite, is probably very small. So you should just be looking at the top four or five guys and picking the one that the people above you cannot. Are there any plans to have a lock player button option on the new lineup builder. There are a lot of plans for this. Um, remember this is still very much in beta. It says it right here. This is a tool that, uh, is still in proof of concept phase. So there are, uh, certainly a ton of things that I have in mind, a lock button, uh, adding a lot more metrics. I mean, there's just a million things. So yes, that's There's the goal. If, if you guys uh, are, are members of my site, you know, uh, I go through constant improvements. The site, the, the tools are always being updated because the way that I build tools um, gives me a bit of, of, of flexibility. So there's always new things being added. If you had to bet $100 on one golfer this week, who would you choose? Well, I guess it depends on how risky I want. Like if you're giving me $100 to bet, I would probably take, I don't know, Scotty Scheffler or Brooks Kepka and try to get a really good number on that. Um, if, if you said, give me the guy who's, who's most likely to win, it's probably Bryson. He showed us his floor last week. <clears throat> Why do I feel if, like Mitchell is going to bomb, bomb this course? I don't know if that means good or bad. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be fine. Mitchell's been playing great. He is uh, off the tee maverick. Uh, if you throw out the fact that he played uh, a round with a bent putter, the putter hasn't been as bad, right? So, like, let's 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 do it. I'm I'm cool with Mitchell this week. I think he's very well very well priced. <clears throat> um, I like Leishman this week. I took him in our first cut, one and done, almost out of necessity. But I like him if we go with the second bucket, inaccurate drivers, and then lean on approach. And Leishman wins. You know, more than a lot of other guys, he won with Cam Smith just a couple of weeks ago. He won the uh, Farmers last year in a fashion that probably should not have allowed him to win. So, uh, yeah, I, I do not mind Leishman at all this week. Palmer a fade. He's from Texas and probably used to the bent grass. I'm telling you, Palmer's going to be popular. Going to be very popular. 
<clears throat> Let's see. I've answered a lot of these, which is good. Any interest in a sprinkle of hammer? No. Cole hammer. Love the kid, but not that interested. I mean, the tour is so deep. It's just too deep. How low in the pricing are you going? Interesting question. All right, let's look at that. So here we go. Cheat sheet. Scroll on down. Uh, I would feel comfortable. Where's Teeter? 66-ish? I'd feel okay with Teeter. I wouldn't feel that comfortable at 66, but I'd be like, uh, if I like love the rest of my lineup or something like that. Um, Outside of that, man, that might be it. I don't. I don't really love any of these other guys. MJ Duffy, who just like Monday qualifies constantly. That's an impressive feat. He's 64. Uh, 66 is probably where I feel comfortable, which is pretty high considering uh, most most of the time we go, we go less than that. Any concerns of Speed's first event since having COVID? Um, listen, I'm, I'm certainly not going to try to speculate how the virus impacts people differently. Uh, what I know is we've had some guys come back and not play well. We've had some guys come back and play fine. We've had some guys say, you know what? I was a lot more tired after walking 18 or 36 or 72 holes or whatever it is. And you got to assume it cut into some of his practice time. Um, I'm taking all of that into consideration, but speed, speed, man. He's, he's like the best player on tour right now. How much stock do you put in Sun Kang playing in his home course? Zero. <laughs> Rick is avoiding the most important question. Who are the best wind options? I am pretty sure you are trolling me, uh, Birdie, because you know that I do not like these wind players. Or I do not like trying to figure out the wind. Hit the like button. How many holes did you finish this morning? 18? Uh, Well, 17 and a half, because I I did not hit my approach into 10. Uh, But I was in the fairway. I will say that. Wes Bryan or Vegas? Oof. I guess Johnny Vegas. Vegas at least has an elite skill set, the driver, right? At least he has an elite skill set. 11 minutes to go here, 10 minutes to go here. I'll try to get through. Um, actually, I'll probably be able to get through all these. How much exposure do you have to Catlin, Uline, and Whaley? I hand build and I keep landing on them as flyers. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Uline, I'm I'm pretty bullish on, right? I, I'm a big believer between the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour. He's played well. Uh, Whaley while he's been an absolute cut maker. And if you're just looking for a cut, maybe that's the guy. Uh, I don't know. His upside's probably not that good, right? Like I don't, I think his chances of being inside the top 25 are not great, but he's, he's been making a ton of cuts. Uh, Catlin is really the unknown, right? Arguably the upside's been huge. I actually went through this on, um, well, hold on. Let me, let me make sure I'm going to say this right. Cause I'm not sure I have this right. Uh, I don't, I was thinking of somebody else. I was thinking of somebody else. Uh, but I, I think Catlin winning four times, uh, now they're all on the Euro tour or, uh, you know, these, these worldwide tours. Um, it's, it's important, but uh, understanding that they are a different, a different, uh, a different class of, of golfer. Wanted to get your opinion on Harris English uh, medium. Like I, I really hated the way he played after the tournament of champions, after he finally got a win. It seems like we are starting to turn the ship around on Harris English, but I'm still concerned that he's not nearly what he was doing in 2020. So like five and a half out of 10, little tiny bit bullish. 
Will Gordon and Nate Lashley, probably Gordon. Gordon's pretty long off the tee. I think that helps here. How many majors do you think Spieth will win at the end of his career? Wow, he's still pretty young. Um, so he's at what, four? Man, can I give him six? I mean, like that, it sounds like so many, but so few at the same time. He only gets two more, but he's gonna play, he's gonna play what 40 more of them? Is he gonna win two of them? He might play more than 40, actually. Every one for 10 years, he might play more than that. He might play 50 more, 60 more. Um, and but golf's so deep, there's so many golfers. I'll give him two more. Eighteen and ninety minutes. That's right. Oh, okay. Is this speed golf? I ran Redstone in sixty-four minutes, shot an eighty-six. So uh, that would be considered speed golf, right? Like you're literally running. I did not do that. I had a cart, and I was in a. I was the first person out, the only person out. Played as a solo at six twenty-five a.m. and I got uh, eighteen and in ninety minutes. Hey Rick, I'm front running my one and done, uh, and have used pretty much all the high-end picks. Who would you rather pick? Ooh. If you're front running, you have to take Scheffler. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, Brooksy would be more risky. If you were trying to make up ground, I'd like that. Uh, if you are front running, you should probably just take Scheffler. Good evening, boys, says Damien. Uh, where are you that it's evening? It's noon here or almost one o'clock here. Um, let's see. Any thoughts on Norin Kutcher and how? Not particularly, John. Favorite golfer, $6,900 or below. Let's look. I thought there was somebody at 69 I liked. Um, KH Lee, not the worst option. Will Gordon, mentioned him earlier. Uh, if, if if I could handpick a course for Will Gordon, it'd probably be this one. And then Teeter, a hair more solid than that. Thoughts on Whaley and Straka for 7K plays? Yeah, so uh, Whaley, I, I've I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. I think he's fine. Straka, you know, um, I, I looked up Straka for something earlier this week. Let's go find him. What was I doing? What was I doing when I was looking at him? Let's see what he's been up to. Off the tee, so 54th the Wells Fargo. He's made the cut uh, in six in a row. That's a good sign. I hate this. I hate the way he strikes the ball. His approach game is pretty lame. Off the tee is pretty good. I just wonder if if we if we think that off the tee benefit is going to be kind of leveled out this week, I worry about Straka. Why fade Cam Champ? Shouldn't it be the case to all big hitters? Why not just build the model, focus on around the green instead of off the tee? If 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 the, well, the the argument would be if you are um, if you are tapping into your around the green game on a week where. 21 or 22 under might win, uh, you're in trouble. The case for fading uh, Cam Champ is he doesn't do anything else well. I mean, he is a bomber off the tee and he gains strokes there. But if we think that that levels the playing field, then what does he rely on? His approach game is terrible. His around the green game is terrible. And his putter uh, is one of the worst on tour. So uh, I I, I don't see, unless he fixes all those holes, how how this gets him to the top. Hey, Rick, for DFS, Bryson or Scotty, uh, if those are your options, you probably just have to go with Bryson. Uh, he's probably going to be good lower owned. He's a better player. I love Scotty Scheffler, but he's he is not in the class of player that Bryson is. Bryson's won twice this year. Scotty's never won. I mean, if those are your options, you have to go with Bryson. Uh, I do enjoy, so so I do like the the Brooks Kepka pivot 
a little bit. Uh, so I have, I have kept get 12%. So Berger around him is 19. Wills Altoris is 20. Um, those guys are not twice as likely to win this golf tournament than Brooks is. Part of me wants just a Brooks 22 to one ticket and not worry about the DFS stuff. Kind of like the, the Rory McElroy stuff last week, which of course would have turned out to be, I mean, when you win, it would have been good for DFS or for, um, or for betting. So I kind of like that side of it, but, um, I'm a bit more bullish on Brooks as a DFS option because of the way this ownership and the pricing is shaking out. Having a $9,900 Brooks Kepka maybe as your first guy in your lineup is a really strong stud at the top that you might be able to then build a very strong team around. That's kind of my thought around it. Favorite golf course in PA, man, that I've played. Um, well, I, I mean, Marion's awesome, obviously. I had a chance to play not the East course, the West course uh, years ago. It's obviously phenomenal. So that's always going to be up there. That's one of my favorite courses everywhere. I've answered a lot of these, which is good. Always a lot of Zalator's conversation. Always a lot of Brooks conversation. Always a lot of Doug Gim conversation. Let's see. This may be stupid. <laughs> I always love when questions start like that. I like Spieth, Zalatoris, and the Chef. I assume that's Scotty Scheffler, but they're in the same group. Do you get wary of all three playing from the same groupings? No. There's, a, I guess, there's an argument to be made that some guys, you know, momentum-wise, if things are going south, south for two of them, it brings down the other. But if things are going great, uh, they all go great. There is probably anecdotal evidence uh, on both sides of that. So no, I do not care at all that they are playing in the same group. Thanks for all you do, Rick. Hit the like button. Thank you. Um, yeah, I Peters, I think is fine. I'm like a six out of 10 on him. I think he can make enough. I think he can make enough birdies. I think the skill set is there. He's got to really harness it in. Chris Baker at the min price. Yeah, we talked about that. Of the 6K guys, I guess he'd be better, but it's of the 6K guys, right? It's not saying all that much. Been making a killing betting against Ricky in matchups. Yeah, probably true. This week it's Charles, minus 134 in Kazire. Uh, names are starting to scare me. Yeah. They're getting much worse, but Hey, um, Ricky, Ricky is not in a good spot right now. Uh, my wife picks CT pan, which I swear she literally just picks random names. I have no idea how she finds these names. I have no idea. I have no idea. Any love for Siwoo, a lot more love, uh, from, for Siwoo this week than most. Um, we have like a minute or two left. Let me just pull this up real quick. So I'm not usually a huge Siwoo guy. But all things considered, I think this field's pretty top heavy and it drops off. And, and once you start getting into the second and third tiers, I think Siwoo's uh, a pretty viable option. Five straight where he's gained strokes on approach. Two of them, he's gained eight or more. That is hard to find anywhere on the PGA Tour. And he's done it twice in his last five. He's, he's piled up uh, some good results in that stretch as well. He's never going to be a safe option. I think that's very clear. But I'm starting to certainly grow more on... Uh, on Siwoo than, than most other weeks. There we go. Right on time. Right on time. Just making sure I didn't miss anything. I don't think we did. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap it. Hit the like button for me on your way out. There is another live chat tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. It's for the Jock Market Power Hour. If you want to talk about players there, we do it. If you want to talk about the stock market or the Jock Market, we talk about it. Whatever you want, same spot, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Thank you very much. Enjoy the Byron Nelson. Don't call it a tune-up. Uh, you can call it a tune-up before the PGA Championship because it's going to be a fun week. Next week's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I have to find my end screen. Goodbye.